Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Fauché, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. We are in a vocabulary instruction series. And today I really want to dive into five tips for easily increasing vocabulary instruction in your classroom, because I really do believe that with purposeful and intentional planning, you can really create a language-rich environment where vocabulary, new vocabulary is being learned and formed in their brains every single day as they interact with you and with each other and the materials that you're using. So how can we make this super manageable though and practical? That's what I'm all about here on the Equipping ELLs podcast. Now, before we jump into those five tips, I want to just walk you through what is going on in the brain and how many steps it actually takes in order to develop new vocabulary when you're working with English language learners, okay? So this is a student's learning a second language, third language maybe. So what exactly is happening? The first thing is they're going to hear or see the word for the first time. So when they hear a new word or see it written down, it's like their brain's ears or eyes light up. All right, so this is where your brain starts to pay attention to this new word. Now, this is important that they build those foundational vocabulary words because they need to be able to begin to identify as you speak which words they do not know. Because until they can identify through listening or by seeing the word written and saying, hey, I don't know what that word means. What does this word mean? And then they can go into the process of acquiring that new vocabulary word. But if they're listening to you and they all of the words they hear, they don't know, which is really how a lot of our newcomers start. I'm sure if you've learned a second language yourself, you understand that that you know, when you're listening to a speaker and you're early on in your language journey, it sounds like it's all jumbled words all together and you're not really identifying any words that you don't know. This is why rate of speech is really important when you're working with newcomers and beginners so that they can really begin to tune their ear to identify the words they know, to not even have to translate them, to be able to listen, understand, and then to get to the point where they can point out the words and say, I don't know what that word means because once they know and can identify and their brain starts to pay attention and can pick up those words they don't know, that's where this language vocabulary journey begins. So the second step after they identify a word they don't know is that they work on understanding what it means. And there's a special part in your brain that acts like a detective. And it tries to figure out what this new word means. It's like solving a little mystery every time you see a new word. It's trying to make connections. And that's the next step. It it tries to pull out things that you already have in your brain and to connect it to something that you already know about. So, for example, if you learn the word apple, your brain might immediately think of the fruit. 
that you eat, or maybe immediately think of the color red because you're picturing a red apple. So your brain is doing this work as you are exposed or your students are exposed to new vocabulary to try to pull out what do they know. Maybe it's something in their native language, but they're pulling out and trying to connect it. Then our next step is to remember the word. So our brain has a special storage room for new words. It's like a treasure chest. All right. It keeps the word there so that you can find it later when you need it. And this is really important. The more that you use the word, the easier it is to remember. All right. That's just part of language learning, which is why having multiple opportunities to apply and use the vocabulary that they are working on through speaking and writing is so necessary for their development of vocabulary, for them to be able to recall those words that they've been working on. The next step then is to practice saying the word. So if you try to say this new word, there's a part of your brain that helps you speak. You can think of it as like a conductor in an orchestra. It's making sure that everything sounds just right. So they're taking in how they heard the speaker pronounce this word, and now they're trying to apply it themselves. The next step then, these are all steps that your brain goes through when you are learning new vocabulary. The next step is to learn it better by using it more. So like I just, you know, briefly went over, but every time that you use this new word, your brain gets better at remembering it. So it's like a path in the woods that gets clearer and easier to walk on the more you use it. This is why it can be really frustrating, but also really true that if you don't use it, you lose it. I can't, you know, even imagine how many vocabulary words that I wrote definitions down to that I practiced that I did multiple activities with and then completely lost them because I was never using those in context, in conversation. And so they were there for the time that I was learning them. But, you know, afterwards, they're not words I can recall easily or at all. And that's what's happening with our students. So even if in the moment they're remembering them or for that week, they're remembering a a new word, we want them to be applying and using it so that it becomes very easy for them to recall this vocabulary word. And then the last step is that your brain builds bridges. This is what our brains are meant to do. It's building tiny bridges to connect all the information about this new word. The more bridges that you have, the easier it is to remember and use the word. So this is why there's power in connecting it to their native language, because now they have a bridge that's formed between their L1 and their L2. And that's where they're going to recall things easier because they're going to be able to pull it out and connect it to what they already knew. But we should constantly be looking at ways that we can create and help our students' brains build those bridges as they are approaching new vocabulary. We're going to get into that in just a minute. So I just want to stop and reflect for a second and look at this list. When someone learning English hears or sees a new word, their brain goes through all these steps from noticing the word to understanding the word to speaking the word to building those connections and more. And so Let's really make sure that we are pausing and applauding the efforts that our students are doing, the growth that they're making when they're applying new vocabulary, when they're using vocabulary in a sentence that they haven't used before. Those are huge monumental steps that they're taking 
to expand their vocabulary word bank. And sometimes I think it's hard for us if we have grown up speaking English as our first language, we don't always understand the struggle and how hard it really is to learn English. And so we want to, I just want to encourage you as you're working with your students to really celebrate the efforts that they're taking to learn and apply new vocabulary because there's so much that's happening inside their brains as they are exposed to daily new words that they are trying to understand and and use accurately and apply in conversation. It is a lot that we're asking from our students. So let's make sure that we take the time to pause and celebrate. All right, so let's dive into five tips to really increase vocabulary instruction in your classroom. And just some, you know, things that if you keep them these things in mind, your students will go deeper in vocabulary. They will expand in their vocabulary word bank. Number one, and I've said this so many times, but I'm going to say it again because it is where it begins. And that is to have daily conversations. We want to be moving students from passive vocabulary, so this is where they might know it or have heard it, to active vocabulary. We want them to be using it in sentences correctly. We want them to be applying constantly. And that happens first through conversation. Writing is another form of output, but that usually takes longer to get to. But to me, conversations, if you are really observing your classroom interactions and you're really monitoring how much talk time you have as the teacher compared to how much talk time your students have, that's a great first place to begin to see how could you give your students more talk time? How can you give them more intentional opportunities to speak about and use the words that they have been working on? That is where you're going to see your students expand and help move those words to the part of their brain where they can recall and remember much easier. And this is, you know, just in conversation, students are going to naturally be using all different types of vocabulary. And so that's what's really important is just giving them that space and daily making that something that you do in your classroom and that they feel comfortable speaking with one another. That's where they will grow. Hands down, it will happen. If you're not doing that, start there. Five to 10 minutes a day, make it happen. Number two, as the facilitator, always be thinking of L plus one. Okay, L plus one is your language, your student's language level plus one language level. So one more language level up. And what do I mean by this? This means that I want to encourage you to increase their vocabulary one language level through conversations and activities. So that means you need to be aware of what's appropriate expectations for the student who's a level two. And what can I do that's going to push them and be using words in conversation that might just be a little bit trickier for them or might just be that next level up. This is a great way to help really set higher expectations to not you know, water down things, but to really be thinking about your students' language levels and to think and be pre-planned and intentional with the words that you're using so that you know you're giving them just a little bit more. So this does take a lot of effort on the teacher to be actively aware and ready for these opportunities, but you can make it fun. So let me give you an example of what I mean by this. Let's say that, you know, you're working with level two language level students. 
and you're, you know, you have your students talking in partners. And this could be as natural as you might say to one group, you know, what are you talking about? And use the word talking. But to another group, you might say, hey, what are you guys conversing about? And then maybe to another group, you might say, what are you all discussing? So I took the word talking and I looked at different words I could use that still mean the same thing, but I'm adding in that additional level. I'm not just keeping it at that language level they're at, but I'm adding on that next level. It's going to push them a little bit. Think if you are doing this constantly where you're just upping it a little bit, maybe just one vocabulary word here and there you're throwing in as you engage with your students, many of them are going to start to pick up these new words that you're challenging them with. And they're going to start to use them as they hear them being used daily in your classroom. So just imagine for a minute what, how much your students, how many more words they would acquire in your classroom if you were just switching out some of the synonyms throughout the day on, you know, normal commands that you are, are working with on your students that you're talking to them about, of just conversations that you're having, and you're just switching out one word here and there and adding in a little bit more difficulty. You're going to expose them to more and more words in an easy and natural way. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about your their L plus one. Don't be afraid to push them just a little bit. Number three is to assess your students to see what words your students already know. It doesn't make sense to spend time explicitly teaching each vocabulary word in a unit if your students already know some of them. So this doesn't have to look like a paper and pencil test either. This can be as simple as doing a knowledge rating scale, either interactively or written out. I love doing interactive knowledge rating scales, and this is what it looks like. At the beginning of a unit, maybe we have six academic words that we're working on, and I will say each word. I'll have my students get up, and then different parts of the room are designated for different things. One corner would be, I've never heard this word. I don't know what it is. And the thing is, you want to make your students feel comfortable to say that because it's a little bit humbling sometimes to get in front of your peers and say, I've never heard this word. But that's where you want them to really reflect and say, you know what? Nope, I don't know that word. They would go to one spot in the room. Another spot in the room would be, I've heard this word, but I don't think I can use it correctly in a sentence. Or I've heard this word, but I'm not really sure what it means. And so that's where, you know, some students might go if, yeah, I've heard it, but I'm just not that sure. What we want is for them to be reflecting and really thinking about, hmm, do I know this word? Have I heard it before? Maybe it's a cognate. Maybe it's in my native language and figuring it out that way. And then the last spot would be, I've heard this word and I know what it means. Or I've heard this word and I can use it in a sentence. And so you'd have three different spots marked in your room, and this can be done in five minutes or less. You go through each of the words, the students move around. It helps you have a really good idea of what words your students already know and which words you really should spend more time explicitly teaching. You could also do this with a paper and pencil that they, you know, you give them the words and they rate them with a star or a question mark or an exclamation with the same definitions. You can decide, but this is really helpful because you don't need to spend time explicitly teaching all those words. If maybe 75% of the class knows three of them, 
you might just do a small group with the remaining kids on those three and then add in three other words that the students don't know. So this is where we have to be super intentional and and specific in the words that we are pulling and using so that we can make sure we're spending our time on the ways that our students need that support. So that's called a knowledge rating scale. Use it when you're introducing new words. It's super helpful and quick and easy to do. All right, number four. Studies show that it normally takes a person seven to 20 times of hearing and using a word before being able to commit it to memory. So do not have in your mindset that introducing one word, explicitly teaching it once is all you need to do. So this is where it's really important. And number four is to teach new vocabulary, but also be really purposeful in where you put that vocabulary in the room or in a student's notebook or wherever it is, start to create a routine about where can they find those words after you have worked with them. This is where we can help push them to be more independent learners is when we have these types of routines set up. Because then when they're in conversation or they're writing something and they they want to try to use that word, but maybe they, they can't remember, but they know where it is in the classroom or they know where it is in their notebook, then they have a tool that they can quickly and easily be reminded of where to locate it and how to use it. Or maybe in writing, they just forgot how to write it. And so they have a a tool right there in their notebook. They know right where to go. Set up a routine of how your vocabulary, how you teach it, and then where it goes. Maybe you have one area in the classroom that is a vocabulary word wall. Maybe you have a bulletin board. Maybe you just have post-its on the door that have the words you've been working on. Whatever it is, find something that works for you and stick to it. Because I promise you, your students will then be able to become more independent when they work on applying these words if they know where they can find them for that scaffold, for that aid. Now, I know in a small classroom, or if you push in, this can be hard to have something like a word wall. So here are some ideas that you can use to make it work for you. First is you can have each student have a vocabulary notebook that can be organized in ABC order. So this is something that they'll bring with them all the time or they keep with you. And then what you can do is you can print the word with a picture for them, or you can give them time to write down the word, draw a picture, the definition in their notebooks of new words that they're coming across and want to remember. The cool thing about this is it can be really based on that student and the words that they want to write down or the words that they were not familiar with. And so they don't have to fill it with words that weren't important to them. So this can be really intentional with each student and the words that they need. And then and then them doing it themselves, they'll be able to go back and quickly find it. Another idea is that you could use a pocket chart with note cards by ABC order. Um, I like doing this when I was in my classroom because I didn't want to take, once I put a whole word roll up, it took up the whole entire length of the wall. It was up very high. The students never used it ever. So when I switched it to having a pocket chart within ABC order, anytime we'd come across a new word, I would write it on a note card, stick it in that pocket chart. And so this was awesome because my students, as they would be working and writing they would just walk up to the pocket chart, didn't even have to say anything. They'd they'd find the letter of the word that they were looking for. They'd take it back to their seat and they would use it to help. And then they'd put it back. So I loved this way of doing a word wall 
because it was really interactive and it really helped my students um, reach that independence and go and find what they needed us for support. And then one other idea is that you could use binder rings and you could have a basket of words that are organized by topics or nouns or verbs or adjectives. Um, some of you I know have a lot of like photo cards and things like that that you could just maybe put together in different categories and then put that again somewhere in the room. So maybe you have like all your science words on one ring, maybe all your social studies words, math words. Having something like that, it doesn't take up a lot of space, but again, it gives that students a way to take the responsibility of going to locate the word that they are looking for so that they can easily and quickly use it either in conversation or in writing. All right, number five. Number five is to intentionally choose and plan the words that you are going to highlight when you're doing a read aloud. Read alouds are one of the most fantastic ways for natural vocabulary development to happen. And so the purposeful thing here is for you to already look ahead and identify. And you can go back to last week's episode about choosing words and which vocabulary to choose. But this is just something I want you to get in the habit of. I know sometimes early on in my teaching, a read aloud was just kind of like a, a break for me. Like, here's something I can do for the next 20 minutes and my students will sit and listen um, at the end of the day. But there's so much we can do with a read aloud if we're super intentional. So if you do anything with a read aloud, quickly preview it, pull out two or three vocabulary words that you're going to stop talk about, talk about in context, maybe connect it to the picture if there's, if it's a picture book. And just giving them those words in context is going to be a huge way for many of your students to begin to develop deeper meanings and more vocabulary through a simple read aloud. So incorporate if you have not, if you're not doing at least one read aloud a week in your classroom, in your small groups, find a way to incorporate a read aloud because that is so extremely helpful for listening comprehension, for vocabulary development, but then take it to the next step and make sure that you are spending the time it takes to preview the text and pull out two to three really awesome vocabulary words that your students would benefit from. So those are our five tips to help you increase vocabulary instruction in your classroom. A lot of them are just routines to get in the habit of, you know, where, you, where are you putting your vocabulary? How are you pre-planning this read aloud? So just be intentional. And I promise you that your students are going to really gain so many more words than if we just keep it at their basic level and don't challenge them by adding in some new synonyms or stronger words or just really saying, hey, let's let's remove that word from our vocabulary and let's add a new one in. Let's see if we can challenge them to use this word this week. Kids love those types of games and challenges when it comes to learning vocabulary. So I hope you have some takeaways that you can apply to your classroom this week. Join me next week when I share about eight vocabulary practices that you should stop doing because research has shown they do not help. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.